Geopolitics and Empire is joined by a man most people know by now, Dr. Francis Boyle, who is a professor of international law at the University of Illinois College of Law. He has an insanely long uh, bio. Uh, he serves as counsel to Bosnia and Herzegovina and to the provisional government of the Palestinian Authority. Over his career, he has represented national and international bodies. He drafted the Bioweapons Act legislation and is author of countless books, uh, a couple which I have here, Bio, uh, Bio Warfare and Terrorism and Destroying Libya and World Order. I've got his new book, uh, the digital copy, I've got the physical uh, on the way. His newest book is Resisting Medical Tyranny, Why the COVID-19 Mandates Are Criminal. Welcome back to Geopolitics and Empire for the, for the third time, Dr. Boyle. Well, thank you very much for having me on and my best to your listening audience. and. For the purpose of our uh, conversation, I just wanted to point out again that I did call for in uh, September 1985, the U.S. domestic implementing legislation for the Biological Warfare uh, Convention that was passed unanimously by both houses of Congress uh, here in the United States and signed into law by President George Bush Sr. Uh, with the approval of the United States Department of Justice, known as the Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act of 1989. And I did that because the Reagan administration and its neoconservatives were abusing uh, DNA genetic engineering for the purpose of research, development, testing, uh, stockpiling and eventual use of biological warfare weapons. And I'm afraid that is where we are at today. A message from our sponsors. It seems we're headed for economic collapse, a dystopian social credit system, even another world war. As a longtime expat myself, I've secured multiple passports, getaway locations, foreign financial accounts, and escaped to the sunnier shores of Mexico. Mikhail Thorup of the Expat Money Show can help you do the same and become great reset proof. He's hosting the Expat Money Summit with 30-plus experts that'll help you reclaim your freedom in a time of upheaval and uncertainty by moving your life, business, and wealth offshore. Themes include securing your Plan B safe haven, offshore banking, decentralized finance, second passports, and much more. Protect yourself and secure a new life abroad. Register now for free at expatmoneysummit.com or don't and enjoy eating bug burgers in your smart city. If you do find yourself stuck in a smart city, the Nomos app will help you survive COVID-1984 and the Great Reset. Nomos is a time bank that can be used by communities anywhere in the world. You just need to talk people into using it. I've spoken to the developer who is passionate about creating solutions for surviving and thriving in the apocalypse. Nomos is available in English and Spanish, so hurry and visit nomos.net before they roll out the Cassius Society and put you in the algorithm ghetto. And don't forget to fund Geopolitics and Empire. You can leave a donation, except on Patreon or PayPal, which have banned us, book a consultation, or become a member. Yeah, I was going to bring that up uh, in the interview. And uh, again, thanks for, uh, I see in, in your latest book, you mentioned Geopolitics and Empire, and you, and you include, a, include a transcript of our first uh, interview. And by, by now, Dr. Boyle, I think uh, a lot of people know um, you know, the theory that the virus is a gain of function biological weapon, uh, having been worked on by both the United States uh, and China and American BSL-3 and BSL-4 labs, as well as in the Wuhan lab. In your book, uh, you say early on it had possibly been sold to the Chinese by Fauci and company. And maybe to start, you know, one burning question on many people's minds uh, on mine is, you know, how is it that these two apparent enemies, U.S. and China, we're working together on this. Uh, I just noticed that Robert Kennedy Jr. is putting out a second book later this year titled The Wuhan Cover-Up, How U.S. Health Officials Conspired with the Chinese Military to Hide the Origins of COVID-19. Uh, so maybe to start there, you know, how was such a collaboration possible between apparent sworn enemies? And, you know, what does this uh, tell us? Well, you know, this gets back to the classic work by uh, Hannah Arendt the great uh, uh, German-Jewish uh, sociologist who taught at the University of Chicago just before uh, I arrived, she, uh, she left there, the origins of totalitarianism, 
that uh, uh, before Arendt, uh, people were saying, well, there's Hitler and the Nazis uh, on the right and Stalin and the Soviet Union on the left. And uh, Arendt said, oh, no, this is a totalitarian mentality we are dealing with. And she spent this entire massive volume uh, uh, documenting this. So you know, just because it might appear that, you know, there's the Chinese government over here and the American government over here uh, uh, does not uh, account for the fact that these elites uh, on both sides uh, have more in common with each other. Uh, this totalitarian uh, uh, mentality of control, domination, profit uh, than they do with their own people. Uh, and I think Aaron uh, uh, established that. Uh, I've actually got the book right behind me. I haven't uh, had time to read it yet. But um, then getting on to the mandates, again, the title uh, of your book is Resisting Medical Tyranny, Why the COVID-19 Mandates Are uh, a Criminal. We've got, uh, you know, we, we all the things they threw, threw at us the last couple of years, uh, masks, gel, all these different protocols, uh, locking down the economy. I was just reading in the UK uh, 500,000 businesses are about to go uh, out of business and th they've subjected us to this psychological terror. And some jurisdictions have had some success fighting the ma mandates, uh, others not. You know, I know in one part of Mexico here where I am, for example, hundreds of people uh, in one state were able to obtain injunctions against the mandates because they are just uh, unconstitutional. You know, I even got got a Mexican constitution. But in other parts of the country, you know, the vaccine passport successfully was implemented for a time, all of which was, you know, wholly unconstitutional. What can you tell us uh, about the the criminal nature of these mandates, uh, as your book title uh, suggests? Well, <clears throat> uh, of course, I have a long book here uh, documenting all the problems with these uh, Frankenshot uh, uh, mandates, but. At the core, they clearly violate the Nuremberg Code on Medical Experimentation that came out of the uh, United States government's prosecution of Nazi doctors for horrible atrocities that they committed on completely innocent uh, uh, human beings. And these uh, uh, prosecutions, the Nazi doctors, it's known as the medical case or the doctor's case, uh, was uh, uh, conducted by the United States uh, under uh, a different, it was not the major uh, Axis war criminals, but it was a thematic uh, prosecution. The United States uh, uh, indicted uh, uh, doctors, prosecuted doctors, and executed some doctors. Uh, for violating the Nuremberg Code on Medical Experimentation. Uh, it is a, a clear-cut uh, uh, requirement of uh, international uh, criminal law, as I point out in my book, uh, that can be used successfully around the world. I also uh, point out uh, in my uh, book that the uh, um, uh, Frankenstein mandates violate the uh, Nuremberg Charter judgment and principles for uh, violating, uh, uh, for prosecuting the leading Nazi uh, war criminals, major war criminals of that day, and in particular uh, constitute a Nuremberg crime against humanity. And here, let me uh, quote from the Nuremberg Charter, crime against humanity, namely murder, extermination, and other inhumane acts committed against any civilian population. And that's what is exactly going on here uh, with the uh, COVID uh, Frankenshots, murder, extermination, and inhumane acts committed against any uh, civilian population. And let me point out that that crime against humanity was put in there at the uh, uh, instance of the United States government under uh, President Franklin uh, Roosevelt to deal with the Nazi persecution of German Jews. That is to deal with the German government's persecution of its own citizens. And that is what is going on here today. 
with these uh, uh, Frankenshot mandates. Governments are persecuting their own citizens, just like the Nazi government persecuted German Jews. Now, I'm not saying it's at the same scale yet, but we already have 1.5 million uh, dead Americans uh, here uh, in the United States, a combination of the uh, uh, COVID-19 biological warfare weapon and this uh, 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 these uh, uh, Frankenshots uh, that that are also part of this uh, biological uh, warfare uh, against uh, innocent people. Finally, uh, as I uh, pointed out in my uh, uh, book, the uh, uh, COVID nineteen Frankenshot mandates also constitute a uh, crime against humanity under the Rome Statute for the International Criminal Court. And here, uh, Chapter 7 tracks pretty much the Nuremberg definition, but clearly says, uh, 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 Article 7, murder, extermination, uh, imprisonment or other severe deprivations of physical liberty, in violation of fundamental rules of international law, uh, torture, and other inhumane acts of a similar character intentionally causing great suffering or a serious injury to bodily or to mental or physical health. Clearly, if you look at uh, the uh, uh, European Health Agency statistics on the Frankenshots and also even the U.S. Uh, VAERS, and now all the uh, secret information uh, coming out that was covered up by the manufacturers. Uh, We have uh, uh, great suffering, serious injury to body or or, and medical and physical health. So on all grounds here, uh, we have uh, Nazi uh, crimes against humanity, Nazi crimes being inflicted by governments not just my own here in the United States, but other governments against against their own people. And it, it's far from over yet. It's a bewildering how it's, uh, as you said, previously it was like, you know, one government, Germany, you know, eight years ago, but now it's all governments uh, against us. I've had on the program, Dr. Jessica Rose, who's analyzing the Bayer's data. And yeah, she says that the shots are just killing people uh, left and right. And I, I wanted to Go further on this Nazi aspect in your book. You call it Nazi biowarfare, death science. Uh, I, I haven't been afraid to use since 2020, uh, you know, the term Nazi. I've been calling this evil we are up against, Nazi eugenics. I even went out and, and purchased on, on eBay uh, a, a Nazi Achtung Pass from 1938, which was used back then uh, for Germans to prove their, you know, biological purity, that they were, you know, Aryans. And they, separately, the Nazis have the health pass, and that's what you know the COVID passes today. That we're we need to use that to prove our biological um, purity. And you know we've got um, it's this continuation of the 1930s and 40s uh, ideology. And before that, the American eugenicists uh, as well, which I think you've mentioned before. We've got qu- quarantine internment camps being built uh, around the world. Uh, and Naomi Wolf recently stated uh, she put out an article that said, uh, "I quote: I must conclude that we are looking into an abyss." of evil not seen since 1945, uh, end quote. She discusses uh, how people are now being murdered by these uh, injections. A a friend of mine in Mexico here told me uh, his young and vaccinated relative developed Guillain-Barre syndrome. And this week I'm reading from the UK Telegraph, official mainstream publishing how vaccines are now causing Guillain-Barre a syndrome. Um, It's all out in the open now. It seems nobody cares. No one is the wiser. As you said, it's far from over. Um, in your book, you also mentioned how Wuhan was bragging about using nanotechnology uh, in viruses. You also discuss in the book how the injections attack the placenta and cause miscarriage and genetic disabilities. You know, what can you tell us about you know, this this Nazi nature? What is going on here? You know, what, what is their end game? What are they doing with these shot, shots? As you say, if the virus leaked accidentally, okay, but what's going on with these uh, injections? Well. You know, it, it helps to study history here and, and to study, you know, the uh, origins and uh, uh, progression of the uh, Nazi movement there uh, in Germany. 
after World War II here in the United States, in Operation Paperclip, uh, we actually took in uh, Nazi scientists involved in their biological warfare weapons program and incorporated them into our own uh, biological weapons warfare uh, program. Evidence had come to uh, President Roosevelt that the uh, Nazis were involved in developing biological warfare weapons, which they were. And so uh, he commissioned uh, George Merck of the Merck Chemical Company, pharmaceutical, call them what you want, to start a U.S. biological warfare, offensive biological warfare program. So it's only fair to say that we are seeing a Nazi mentality uh, here at work uh, by all the governments uh, uh, enforcing uh, these uh, uh, Frankenshots uh, on their own people in clear-cut violation of the Nuremberg Code on Medical Experimentation, uh, the Nuremberg Charter Judgment uh, and Principles, and the uh, Rome Statute for the International Criminal Court. All you have to do is read them. And I explain it all quite simply in my book. It, you know, the book is written in terms that, you know, ordinary people can understand. There's not a lot of legal uh, mumbo uh, jumbo in there. And I think uh, overall, what we are seeing implementing here uh, is this Nazi philosophy of useless eaters that uh, was condemned by the Nuremberg judgment of uh, 1945, depopulation. Namely, they're just uh, are not people worth keeping alive, that they don't produce enough uh, to justify their existence. And so we have to get rid of them. Um, and uh, I, I think if you look at the target groups for these uh, Frankenshots, you know, the old people, uh, people of color, poor people, uh, et cetera. I, and I point this out in, in my book uh, that that uh, that seems to be the philosophy they're implementing here. Depopulation. Yes. You also mentioned it's interesting in your book that quote, there was no way you could possibly have any type of safe and effective vaccine for an offensive biological warfare weapon. So the entire premise, I mean, if, if COVID is, is a bioweapon, as you say, then we can't have a vaccine, right? That's correct. I've been saying that, you know, right, right from the beginning of this, since COVID-19 is an offensive biological warfare weapon with gain of function properties, which I said right at the beginning in our first interview. And then it came out, it also had uh, HIV that was DNA genetically engineered into it. Well, of course, you know, there's there's no vaccine for HIV. We There's no evidence for any successful uh, uh, vaccine for an offensive biological warfare weapon. Uh, uh, the only uh, example we had, which I've discussed with you before, goes back to the uh, Go for One Frankenshots for anthrax and, and botulin, and uh, that produced the uh, Go for sickness uh, that uh, of 500,000 U.S. troops inoculated. It killed 11,000 and disabled 100,000. And I uh, argued in my book and in other interviews that that's a floor, not a ceiling of what uh, we are going to uh, experience here. So there is absolutely no scientific evidence to believe that there could be uh, any type of safe and effective uh, so-called vaccine for COVID-19. That, that just comes from, from studying it, studying the uh, uh, scientific literature and saying, you know, where's the evidence that such a vaccine exists? There's none that I've seen. Uh, sure. Uh, governments work on them, uh, but there's no evidence they're they're either uh, safe uh, or or effective. Let alone don't violate the Nuremberg Code on medical experimentation. So, as I said in the uh, lecture I gave in uh, India to a scholarly uh, conference there, where I said there's there's not going to be safe and effective vaccines here. We we don't have one for HIV. We don't have one for cancer. Uh, I, you know, I believe that, uh, you know, we have to deal with drugs and therapeutics and, and other uh, preventive uh, measures. So that was my, my conclusion, yes.
you know, in a sense, we're up against two bioweapons, the, the original COVID and now these uh, injections. And I wanted to ask you about... Well, I, I wanted to get back to that. Yes, they're related to each other. As I point out in my book, uh, uh, Fort Detrick, the Pentagon, was involved uh, working at that uh, uh, U- UNC BSL-3 uh, with the Bat Queen from uh, uh, Wuhan BSL-4, which is China's Fort Detrick, okay? The other hand of the Pentagon, DARPA, funded the mRNA technology for the Frankenshots, okay? So you have the right hand of the Pentagon here developing uh, the offensive biological warfare weapon uh, known as COVID-19. And then you have the left hand of the Pentagon over here uh, allegedly developing uh, a vaccine uh, uh, that that's, I think, uh, more dangerous. Well, certainly is more dangerous than useless. So they go together. Uh, they're not. They they are interrelated, and they all trace back to the Pentagon, uh, Fort Detrick, DARPA, and we everyone knows that uh, Fort Detrick uh, is involved in every type of hideous Nazi biological warfare, death science, dirty work you can possibly uh, imagine. That, that's why I call these injections the DARPA gene therapy uh, uh, in, in injection, and uh, I wanted to ask you about these. Countless pandemic simulations. Um, well, the most recent related to monkeypox. So we had, you know, in preparation for COVID in, in 2019 alone, there were, I think, three separate coronavirus simulations. Everyone knows events 201. A few people know about the one held by the Chinese in Wuhan in September 2019, where in, in Wuhan at the airport, they ran a mini simulation of a coronavirus outbreak. Now they're announcing monkeypox. And we find that the Nuclear Threat Initiative, in collaboration with the Gates Foundation, if you look at the people involved, Wellcome Trust, the CIA's InQtel, in March of last year, March 2021, they ran a pandemic simulation where in the simulation in May of 2022, that's right now, uh, monkeypox broke out. And what do you know? We on the news they're talking about you know, new monkeypox uh, breaking out. They said over the weekend uh, there was the supposed first case here in Mexico of monkeypox, uh, and we have these simulations going live all the time. And for me, that's kind of like insane. What's going on here? It's like they're openly planning or scripting everything. How do you interpret this? Uh, these these simulations, and especially the latest simulation on monkeypox, and even what's going on with this monkeypox uh, business. Yeah, all these uh, uh, biowarfare simulations are really uh, war games that they perfect into war plans. Uh, And then, as you suggested, they they release them. They they go live. So, yeah, I mean, the Pentagon, uh, uh, before the Pentagon goes to war, uh, they always have uh, a war plan. Then they have war games on that war plan where they simulate it. And then after they've uh, uh, analyzed the uh, war game on the basis of the war plan, they go back and revise uh, uh, the war plan uh, to to enable to to carry it out. That's the way the Pentagon wages war. And that's what we're seeing here uh, with all these uh, simulations. As to the monkeypox, it's clear that uh, uh, monkeypox... Uh, as we're seeing it today, uh, has gain-of-function properties. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, As a matter of fact, there's a paper just came out today on the internet of a Portuguese uh, scientist documenting that it had gain-of-function properties. So obviously, it has been uh, DNA genetically engineered, uh, certainly to be highly infectious, uh, we don't know exactly so far how lethal it is. Uh, uh, one variant of monkeypox is 1% lethality. Uh, another is up to 10%. So we really have to see uh, uh, about that. But clearly, uh, it, it, it is uh, uh, a biowarfare uh, agent. Indeed, uh, uh, biowarriors use uh, monkeypox as a uh, simulant for uh, smallpox to which it is 
uh, related. So I don't have a doubt in my mind that uh, what what we're seeing with the monkeypox is an offensive biological uh, warfare weapon uh, that uh, with gain of function properties that has been DNA genetically engineered out of uh, someone's uh, bio warfare uh, lab. I don't know which one. I can't pinpoint uh, right uh, right now. Now you might say, why now? It's uh, I think pretty obvious that. Uh, the uh, Biden administration, CDC, uh, right when the monkeypox broke out, was trying to ram through the World Health Assembly uh, meeting in Geneva, <clears throat> these uh, amendments to World Health regulations that would give the uh, WHO totalitarian powers uh, with respect to uh, declaring uh, epidemics uh, against the wishes wishes of the nation states uh, involved. Um, and those amendments failed for the time being. But on uh, August 1, uh, there is supposed to be unveiled a draft WHO treaty, not just uh, amendments to WHA regulations, but a treaty itself, giving uh, the WHO totalitarian powers uh, over uh, ep epidemics that would be able to supplant uh, the uh, powers of uh, nation states of the world. So it's clear that they're going to ride the uh, this monkeypox epidemic uh, for all it's worth uh, to get uh, approval of that uh, WHO uh, uh, treaty. I don't think any of this is coincidence. It's if this is what happened, similar to what happened with the uh, outbreak of uh, anthrax here in the United States in uh, October of 2001, after 9-11-2001. Uh, 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 and I was the first to blow that whistle on that publicly, saying, well, you know, this is super weapons-grade uh, anthrax uh, that came out of a U.S. biological warfare weapons uh, program. I said that publicly November 1 at a, a conference uh, at, uh, at Harvard. And then later, a news media, including the BBC, and it was clear the uh, uh, anthrax uh, was being used to ram through the uh, USA Patriot Act, uh, setting up a police state here in the United States. So the modus operandi, I think, here is the same, only this is uh, international, on an international basis, not a, uh, a, a domestic basis. And by the way, as we know, the WHO is a sponsoring institution for the Wuhan BSL-4, which is China's Fort Detrick. So think about that for a minute. The WHO is a sponsoring institution for China's Fort Detrick. Okay. Why would you give them any more power than they already have? Of course, we cannot. Uh, the WHO is up to its eyeballs in Nazi biowarfare, death science, dirty work. They knew exactly what was going on at that Wuhan BSL-4. And as you know, the WHO, including Tedros, covered up and lied because they were implicated. They've been, WHO has been involved in other uh, uh, biowarfare uh, experiments. Um, we also know that they're, they're basically a front organization for uh, 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 the pharmaceutical drug uh, industry. Bill Gates, uh, he, he pays for a good deal of their budget. The Chinese government pays for them and the American government pays for them. So this is uh, basically an end run upon, over uh, 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 national sovereignty, national parliaments uh, to control their own uh, domestic uh, health situation. Of course, then we, we have to stop it. Just because the uh, amendments to the WHA regulations failed, it, it's not off the agenda at all. And uh, as of August 1st, we'll see what this uh, draft treaty uh, contains, but it will probably set up a, a global uh, medical police state and tyranny under the control of the WHO that's only a front organization you know, for the CDC, uh, for uh, the Pentagon, uh, for Bill Gates, Melinda Gates, for Gavi, uh, uh, et cetera. Yeah, that was my next 
question you answered um we're definitely not out of the park and they're going to keep trying to bring back covid 1984 and these mandates and i'm i'm not terribly optimistic we have to keep pushing back we can't give up but uh you know they're trying to lay the foundations for as you say for this permanent digital biosecurity dystopian technocracy i had on recently william professor william robinson who wrote the book about global police state and this global civil war uh outline outlining exactly this uh, i wanted to ask in your since you touched on anthrax in your book you stated quote that it was my opinion that if we got to whoever was behind the anthrax attacks that would lead to whoever was behind the 9-11 attacks because it seemed to me they were coordinating with each other end quote and others uh, including myself have postulated the possibility that the same dark forces behind 9-11 are likely behind COVID-9-11 is, you know, COVID-19. It's almost as if the COVID-9-11 digital biosecurity infrastructure builds upon the surveillance infrastructure established in the wake of 9-11 with the Patriot Act, the TSA, and this unlimited surveillance by the NSA and so on. Uh, do you have any possible thought on that? Yeah, they're taking it international, right? Uh, what, what they've done here in the United States is being taken uh, uh, internationally. I, I think these people are going for broke. And that's why I wrote my book, because it, if you read my book, I, I try to argue principles of international law that can be used internationally, okay? Not just domestically here uh, in the United States, because international law uh, applies all over the world. And that is why, uh, uh, especially in the conclusion, that I try to, well, I argue, I point out how citizens of the world can use the arguments of this book to fight back uh, in, in their own uh, countries. Now, obviously, I haven't, uh, you know, I, I'm primarily uh, familiar with the Anglo-American uh, common law system of government uh, and, you know, have not familiar with all systems of uh, 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 of law around the world, but I have advised lawyers in other countries uh, uh, on how you know to to do this in, in their countries. And the book is set up so that you know common, ordinary, everyday citizens and lawyers in other countries can take these arguments and then uh, apply them pari passu to their own legal systems to fight back. Yes. Uh, so, uh, uh, as I see it, this book is sort of the opening shot uh, in in our resistance to this global uh, medical tyranny uh, that that these deep state forces are, are trying to set up. Yes, that that's the way I see it. That's why I wrote the book. Yes. I, I, as I said, I mean, as you said, I mean, the book you wrote, people can use these principles in different parts of the world. Uh, as I said, here in Mexico, there have been a few good lawyers. Uh, so where in one state, this lawyer led the way to get 500 people these injunctions because it's it's totally unconstitutional uh, because the, they mandated in that state, Mazatlan, obligatory, the vaccine certificate to enter into shops and, and, and banks and everywhere else. And after these 500 injunctions, most of the shops just gave up and they said, OK, because with the injunction, they could go into the shop without a vaccine certificate. Now that lawyer is, was, is working in the state where I am. So we, we see that as one uh, example. Um, have you heard success stories or, or, or failures, you know, out there in, in Illinois where you are or, or other parts of the world regarding people trying to apply those the principles you outlined in your conclusion? Sure. California, for example, right at the very beginning uh, of this in my attack on the Frankenshots, a uh, lawyer, beginning lawyer at a very well-known uh, uh, corporate law firm uh, called me up to uh, discuss this matter because his law firm were mandating that all those, all their lawyers take the Frankenstein's. And uh, it turns out that California law uh, basically had the Nuremberg Code on Medical Experimentation uh, right in there. So he then did a uh, memorandum to the partnership pointing this out, and the partnership withdrew the uh, 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 Frankenshot uh, mandate, and he thanked me for keeping his job, which he had worked very hard to get. So you know there are uh, uh, instances, yes, where people have fought back uh, uh, successfully. 
Uh, it, it's, you know, I, I, I want to say it's not easy to do. It, it is somewhat complicated. Uh, the book is written for common, ordinary, everyday people to understand. You know, but at the end of the day, if you're going to go into court and make these types of fights, you're going to need a well-intentioned lawyer like uh, you're telling me you have there in uh, Mexico. And we have many of them here in the United States to help you fight back. And, and that book has the um, ammunition that lawyers around the world need to fight back. Because I, although, again, I am grounded in the Anglo-American common law system, not the civil law system, say, that you have in uh, Mexico, but also by reference to international law, international human rights law, and international criminal law that apply all over the world. And that's why I wrote it. Just to go back to the police state for uh, a second, because in your book, you mentioned that towards the end, domestic uh, terrorism. And we have now in the U.S., the government, uh, uh, you've probably heard about it, investigating parents who disagree with the COVID injections, uh, you know, labeling them potentially as domestic terrorists. You know, basically people who question COVID, the, the official narrative are now terrorists. Uh, they're just like a week or two ago, I read they're about to open domestic terror offices across the the United States. Um, it's like the Nazism is spreading. They're expanding the Stasi uh, across the land. Uh, it's quite frightening. Uh, any thoughts on that? Of course, that's what's going on, and I condemned it in the book. But to give your uh, viewers uh, an idea of how insidious this uh, uh, is, uh, the United States government put me on all of their terrorist watch lists at the request of the FBI and the CIA, because I refuse to become an informant for the FBI and the CIA against my Arab and Muslim clients, which would have violated their constitutional rights and my ethical uh, obligations as an attorney. Okay, and I'm on all these terrorist watch lists. So uh, uh, I think that gives your uh, uh, viewers a sense of how totalitarian the United States government has become if they put me on a terrorist watch list because uh, I, I refuse to uh, become an informant on my Arab and Muslim clients for the FBI and the CIA. And by the way, the uh, FBI CIA agents did this in my own office at my law school. So, of course, they could not care less about the Constitution and the uh, rule of law. So, of course, this whole, uh, as I discussed in my book, uh, uh, this whole uh, thrust of uh, domestic terrorism is simply uh, designed uh, to target anyone that questions anything the government of the United States of America is doing against its own citizens like me. And uh, uh, we don't even need it. You know, uh, after the Anti-Terrorism and Effective Death Penalty Act uh, uh, signed into law by Clinton, we had everything on the books we needed to deal with domestic terrorism. And then came the uh, USA Patriot Act that, that basically set up a U.S. police state. So this uh, domestic terrorism uh, uh, push uh, by the uh, Biden administration is just uh, 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 the third step in the process. We, again, we have to resist it. The, the federal government has all, uh, you know, I was originally hired here to teach criminal law, which I taught for seven or eight years before uh, moving into uh, international human rights law. And I still work on criminal cases for defense and prosecution as matters of principle. Um, the, the federal government has all the statutes on the books they possibly need to deal with uh, domestic terrorism. Uh, this push is really designed to deal with dissidents who will not accept the party line uh, coming out of uh, Washington, D.C., uh, like on the uh, uh, COVID Frankenshot mandates and going after parents who have yeah, more than legitimate concerns about the uh, safety, lives, and well-being of their children. Uh, you're not on the no-fly list, are you? No, I'm not on the uh, no-fly list, but uh, court, I did retain a lawyer. And the uh, lawyer tells me I'm on just about every other uh, 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 terrorist watch list maintained by the United States government as far as he can figure out. 
Um, and uh, they're w- tried to get me removed and they refused. They said that uh, the agencies that put me on there would have to take me off, the CIA and the FBI. Um, well, what can I say? It's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah I've, I've heard of people just for thought crimes in the U.S. being put on a no-fly uh, list. And uh, to get your thoughts as well on the censorship uh, and the tax in the media, um, in your book, you mentioned, again, the 2021 uh, Associated Press uh, piece uh, that was written about you. Uh, and, and it was written in conjunction with the Atlantic Council, which is basically okay. NATO's think tank. And, uh, you know, my, my podcast was mentioned, Geopolitics and Empire, in that piece. And around that same time, it may have been that same week or the subsequent week, uh, my Patreon was canceled. That's where, where, where I received donations to support my work. And then a few weeks ago, they created the Disinformation Governance Board. Uh, and that same week, basically, Mint Press News, Consortium News, and myself got banned from PayPal uh, forever. Uh, any further thoughts on this Orwellianism, uh, censorship? And, and, and I mean, it's just insane. I- well, it's being done on purpose. Uh, uh, we know the uh, Associated Press works with the CIA. And uh, uh, as you point out, the Atlantic Council works with NATO. So what happened, as far as I can figure out, uh, thanks to uh, our original interview and others I gave, uh, uh, a decision was made to discredit me completely. Uh, and uh, orders were given uh, by the deep state, whoever you want to call it to the Associated Press to, to do this, to do a smear job on me. So in, uh, uh, I believe it was early uh, June, 2020, uh, three AP reporters interviewed me for 90 minutes on this. Now I knew it was gonna be a hit job and a smear job, but you know I'm a lawyer and I argue my case. So then they spent months working with the Atlantic Council uh, to do this. And then you know in uh, February, 2021, they sent it out all over the world. And according to my research assistant who looked into it, uh, there were close to 58,000 hits in uh, news media sources all over the world, uh, uh, specifically designed to discredit me. Well, I looked at that from another perspective and thought, well, you know, uh, all they did was disseminate my viewpoints all over the world that COVID-19 was an offensive biological warfare weapon with uh, uh, gain-of-function properties. But it shows you the way the system works, right? Uh, Associated Press is the leading uh, uh, press agency here in America. It's like uh, Reuters in uh, uh, Britain or Agent France Press in uh, France, and they just decided to do a hit job on me, uh, obviously at the behest of the CIA. The CIA has always been up to its eyeballs in offensive biological warfare weapons work. Uh, you can read that in the book uh, Germs uh, by Miller and Broad that came out in the summer of 2000. I have documented U.S. government evidence that uh, even after official document that even after uh, Nixon ordered the destruction of uh, all U.S. biological warfare weapons, the CIA just took its uh, stockpile of anthrax and moved it to a warehouse. So they've never they've never given up. Yeah, and, and I didn't know that reporter contacted you in June of 2020 because th- that same reporter, uh, Jonathan, whatever his name is from AP, I recall he con- emailed me in July uh, of 2020 asking for an interview. Um, I just refused to have any contact with him. Just a quick question: What you referenced earlier about the pandemic simulations and, and uh, uh, and these war games, I've had previous guests on postulate that this, all of this pandemic uh, simulations and the pand- pandemic response have been sort of war measures or sort of, you know, pr- preparations for war with China. In our previous interview, which I recommend people listen, I think it's, uh, it stands the test of time where we talked about war with Russia on, and, and China. Do you, do you see any possibility of all of these COVID measures being perhaps uh, preparation uh, for war in the future with China and what China is doing as well, locking down in Shanghai and and, and elsewhere? Well, it's a good question. I think it's uh, complicated, but I'll give you my answer. First, we are seeing a war against humanity by these scientific uh, medical uh, elites, 
health authorities uh, in governments, international health authorities, a war against humanity that all of us as human beings, no matter where we live, no matter what our race, creed, national origin, sexual orientation, uh, 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 et cetera, uh, we are in this war right now. And in my book, I said this, this is really World War III that we are fighting now. And that's why I wrote my book, Resisting Medical Tyranny. Now, as for uh, uh, war uh, against Russia and China in particular, certainly that's the way the United States government is uh, moving uh, today uh, as we speak. Yes, uh, there's no question at all uh, in my mind. Uh, if you look at what's going on uh, in, in Ukraine, uh, they are uh, the United States government, NATO, are using Ukraine and the Ukrainians as cannon fodder against uh, Russia to fight a war uh, against uh, Russia. Uh, uh, Biden today uh, in the New York Times, he's sending, he's sending uh, high-tech uh, missile systems to Ukraine, uh, uh, say, well, the Ukrainians promised not to use them. Well, you know, that's ridiculous, of course. They will be uh, used. The Russians uh, are not uh, stupid. Uh, the United States government has already authorized the transfer of Harpoon uh, uh, anti-ship missiles from Denmark to Ukraine uh, for the purpose of destroying the Russian Black Sea fleet. They already destroyed uh, Moscow uh, uh, with, with one of these. Um, and uh, of course, that'll it's only a question of time before there is uh, uh, direct hostilities uh, between U.S., NATO, and Russia. As for uh, China, yes, if you look at the uh, uh, Biden administration's policy over there, they are provoking China. There's no question at all about it. Uh, there is no excuse for this. Um, uh, it, it's not yet as serious as their provocations against Russia. But it is moving in that direction for sure. Yes. Yeah, and you—that's what what you forecasted in our previous interview. I don't recall uh, a year ago. And again, um, Russia and China are the end game, uh, as you said, including uh, Iran. Are there? Is there any other important issue you wanted to get across, or any final thoughts uh, for us? Well, again, it's just the reason I wrote my book, resisting medical tyranny. I, I think. We as human beings have to fight back uh, against these governments that are perpetrating Nuremberg crimes against humanity upon all of us, just like what the Nazi government did to German Jews, though not yet at that scale, but it's moving uh, in that direction. Uh, indeed, we now see 15 million have died uh, as a result of uh, uh, COVID-19. We still don't have the exact figures on the uh, Frankenshots, but it looks like it's hundreds of thousands uh, already. So we have to resist. We have to fight back. That's why I wrote, that's why I wrote the book, so that uh, common, ordinary, everyday people can read it and act upon it. That, that, in a nutshell, is why I wrote that book. At this time, it, it just summed up uh, my involvement in the first two years of the, uh, uh, of the pandemic. Uh, from when I first gave my uh, interview to you on January 24, 2020, blowing the uh, whistle that this was uh, an offensive biological warfare weapon with gain-of-function properties. And the cutoff date was um, January 24, 2022. More developments since then, which I believe we have covered uh, in this interview. I think we've covered most of the developments since then. Mm -hmm. Is there any, uh, finally, any uh, website uh, you, you recommend uh, to visit? You don't really have an online presence, but, or, or, or any other book, I guess, just just people get this book, yeah? Well, I think uh, uh, Robert uh, Kennedy Jr.'s Children Health Defense Fund has done a very good job here. Uh, he has an excellent book on uh, Fauci and Gates that I think can be used to get Fauci and Gates uh, indicted for murder and conspiracy to commit murder. So I recommend that. And then you just sign up to their uh, um, list that comes out uh, every day. I think that's probably one of the best sources of uh, daily information uh, coming out. 
as for me, I don't really uh, maintain a, a website because if I did, the University of Illinois would use it to, you know, to fire me. Uh, so, you know, institute proceedings against me. So, you know, basically, you just have to set a Google alert uh, under my name and, and interviews will uh, come up. All right. Yeah. Children's Health Defense is one of the very few organizations that I've I've supported. Uh, I felt competent to, to donate to because they're actually having a real impact. They, they win lawsuits uh, and they're pushing back against the the police state. Again, everyone, please go out and, and buy Dr. Boyle's uh, new book, Resisting Medical Tyranny, Why the COVID-19 Mandates Are Criminal. You can get it in digital form or get the physical uh, copy. Uh, Dr. Boyle, uh, you know, all of this is greatly disheartening, depressing, daunting, and, and tiring. But as you say, we have to continue on fighting. We don't have a, a choice. Uh, thank you again for being on Geopolitics and Empire. Well, thank you. But I wrote the book to be encouraging, right, to, to provide guidance to people, you know, facing this war against humanity, this crime against humanity, to give hope to people and say, here is what we can do to fight back. I hope you enjoyed this Geopolitics and Empire podcast. The website is geopoliticsandempire.com, and I encourage you to sign up for the free email list that goes out with each podcast and every weekend with a collection of news headlines. The newsletter and website are our last lines of defense. We're being censored and deplatformed. It's nearly impossible to find geopolitics and empire on the Google search engine. We've been blacklisted. YouTube frequently takes down our videos with strikes. Facebook restricts our page. Reddit and Twitter take down posts. And after the Associated Press mentioned geopolitics and empire in a 2021 article co-written with NATO, our Patreon account was terminated. Vimeo also terminated our pro account. The best free way to help Geopolitics and Empire is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or elsewhere and subscribe to all of our media channels. You can find the video broadcast now on five platforms, Odyssey, Rockfin, Rumble, BitChute, and Brighteon. You can find the audio broadcast on the podcast ecosystem, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, and so on. My current favorite social media channels are Twitter and Telegram, but you can also find us on Gab, MeWe, Minds, Float, VK, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Finally, Geopolitics and Empire is in dire need of funding to continue. You can leave a donation, purchase a consultation with the host, or become a member to receive additional benefits. We also produce a weekly broadcast called Dissident Thinker for members and Rockfin subscribers only. We will continue to fight the good fight come hell or high water. Thank you for listening.